0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. <laughs> Welcome to, oh, what day is today? It's so hard to determine. It's Wednesday, I think, although there was no Monday this week. Uh, I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me today is Jill Billings, the our state assembly rep here in the Lacrosse area for now. <laughs> so, yes. As we get a, a Friday Christmas weekend news dump that I talked about all day yesterday, but we should talk about it with you today. Uh, what ninety fifth? Ninety fifth. Okay, it. I always mess it up. That's right. Ninety fifth Assembly District, which for now covers La Crosse, Campbell, and some of Shelby. Uh, Shelby. Okay. Part of Shelby. So. Yep. Down south. Um, you know what I didn't put on my notes is just PIFA's stuff. Are you paying attention to what the County Board is doing with PIFAs? And then there was. Uh, there was some state news about PIFAs too, right? Like, right. should I write that down? Do we need to talk about that? Uh,
1: we can talk about it a little bit. Um, the county is trying to protect the aquifer. Yeah. I think that's a great idea.
0: Protect it. Yeah. As opposed, because yeah, we want to, it is interesting because we, we want to drill through the, the yeah, yeah, drill through the PIFAs water to get the good water underneath. And I think gravity has a thing to say about where the PIFAs water might go yeah. right to the good water underneath. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting, but the state did, like, uh, well, Gov- Governor Evers was, no, Brad Papp was on C- in Campbell with uh, a county board member and uh, one of the Campbell board members, and they did a news conference. Didn't invite you, or? <laughs> um,
1: I w- I wasn't in town that day, so yeah. I couldn't go, but I put out a press release on it.
0: But that was kind of the talk, is protecting that, and then also, like, Governor Evers has said, hey, we, in the budget, we set aside $125 million for PFAS. We should probably start doing something with that money since it's, but the budget was signed in like June, right? Or something right. like that.
1: There's Republican legislation um, that passed the Senate. It hasn't hit the assembly yet. Um, and it's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great legislation. I think it needs some work. I've been in touch with uh, people of the town of Campbell, Lee Donahue, actually, who's mm-hmm. she's just an absolute uh, wonderful expert on this issue I don't know anyone locally who's done more research than she has and so before I introduce anything I run it by her and she's helped us work on an amendment to the bill to try to make it better Um, my concern is you know I want something that the governor will sign because we do we need that funding right away we need relief for our local municipalities that are suffering from this and um, while I appreciate the work that was done in the Senate, I, I don't it doesn't get us there. I don't think it gets us there. So
0: what, do you know like the end game for the town of Campbell? I mean, gloriously, like if they had all, of the, they would just create their own water system. Yeah. but like what, what is their end game here with, okay, like we got to do the balancing act of like, getting the governor to sign something.
1: Yeah, I'm letting, I'm letting them lead the way on that. I mean, I think the, the local folks, have some ideas about what they want to do going forward. So I'm just trying to work on legislation that sets a rate for PFAS. Okay. Excuse me. It provides funding um, to help address, um, for, for locals to help address the issue. So hopefully we'll have that going forward. 608-785-7914
0: Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk of text line. If you got questions for State Rep. Jill Billing, she's gonna hang out this hour. Other things, um, um on my little like this is my little notes thing here, Jill. It's just it's only like fifty thousand words. Uh, <laughs> Dei the Dei fight. Can we just like is that fight over? We're done. Like we don't have to get into it. Okay, it's not over because nope. well, is the fight over in terms of like at UW Madison or UW System the- schools or?
1: right this the fight with the uw system is um pretty much settled
0: are you mad because we yeah, didn't yeah. I, I, a why did we have this fight but b if we're going to have this fight and negotiate with things that we shouldn't be negotiating with why didn't the prairie spring science center get in, involved here like we're going to we're going to approve the uw madison engineering building but like we should be as if, and I don't understand, is this a Democrats versus Republicans fight or a Republicans versus UW fight? Because Republicans have denied UW LaCrosse and LaCrosse the Prairie Springs Science Center for five and a half years at least. And so that makes DEI a Republican versus Democrat fight, which is, or, or buildings, buildings at UW Madison and UW LaCrosse.
1: Well, I think uh, Speaker Voss, this is all being um, run by Speaker Voss. And I think he's pushing DEI, and he's trying to ramp up his base, right, that um, DEI, he's called it indoctrination, mm-hmm. which it's not. Come on, let's get real. DEI helps with our workforce. Um, what we're doing is bringing uh, more people into the state. This is one small population. It helps bring in people of color into our state. I think students like it when they have uh, uh, more of a mix in the classroom. It, it re- I think it leads to a richer discussion. Um, and, I, I'm, and I, th- I think that Voss is he's just wrong on this DEI thing. It feels like every few years he tries to find something that he can do to attack higher education on. Now, higher education is, whether it's the university system or our private colleges or our tech colleges, I mean, this is the economic engine of our state. So, <coughs> So we need... We need um, to, to help fund and to help support those economic engines. Uh, so I think this is a workforce thing, um, that we need workers in our state, right? And this is a way to bring workers in. Um, and also, it's a process issue for me. I mean, Voss is bargaining with these multi-million dollar, like hundreds of million dollar buildings, where he's saying, I'm going to hold this building back unless you get rid of this thing that I don't like. Right,
0: we've, we've, we've held ransom things that right. shouldn't be held ransom right. over and, other things that shouldn't be part of a negotiation. Right. And, and then we cave to that as, and I say we, as somebody who would support DEI, but also we as in like whatever. And then on top of that, just I got to do this before we go to break. Mm-hmm. We, we as in the Board of Regents cave to that. Only because the Republicans in the Senate said, hey, if you don't cave to this, then we just won't confirm you at the next at your next regions thing if you vote against our plan. So then they They
1: threw that in the pot, too. They said you're not going to get your buildings. Madison has an engineering building. Everyone knows we need these science majors. Madison has an engineering building that I think has $160 million in private donors that are waiting to get that across the finish line. It was the number one project to get through, and it's being held up. um, And you don't think those donors are looking at that saying, what's going on here? Do I want to donate these millions to a university that can't get the legislature behind them just to get these these buildings approved do
0: i I want to approve a building on a campus that says no to diversity equity and inclusion so like maybe we'll see i mean do we know if they're gonna pull that funding back i mean is it up in the air now or are they good we're
1: well they took a a one vote and the board of regents voted no that they weren't going to make the deal with voss and then well i know that the regents but what about these threatened to not approve what about
0: the fat cat donors? Uh-huh. Are they like, because they could be mad about this whole fight and go, no, nah, we're out. We're not going to fund this building because, and also the state's sitting on $7 billion in budget surplus. Yeah, so we can we'll fund see. all these things without. We'll
1: see, but it's not the right process to go through at all.
0: All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with state rep, Jill Billings in a minute. All right. Welcome back to La Crosstalk Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in the studio with me, state rep, Jill Billings, representing district 95. Uh, which includes Lacrosse, town of Campbell, and Shell, some of Shelby. Right, right. some of Shelby. You got it. But that might not be the case. So, what are your feelings here? With uh, we talked about this yesterday. The in the Friday news dump that came last Friday was the Su- Wisconsin Supreme Court decided draw, we're drawing new maps. Right. And because you're up for election every two years, your map will probably change.
1: <laughs> it will probably. I'm change. I'm holding my breath. Yo, I would. Assume it w- will probably uh, become a more Republican district. Mm-hmm. Um, because- yeah,
0: I always make fun of you, and not to your face, but I always I have to use you as an example of the reverse gerrymandering. So anyone in Lacrosse that's a Republican that feels like, oh, the state isn't gerrymandered. Dr- dr-, well, you live in Lacrosse, and no offense to Joe Billings, but the 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 district here is gerrymandered towards Democrats because it lumps all the Democrats into your district, and it makes it harder for a Republican to win this district. Based on the rest of the everything outside of here,
1: I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So, with new maps, um, what could happen is that um, you know the the town of Campbell could be peeled away, Shelby could be peeled away. Likely, I I I I think and I hope that Lacrosse stays as one district um, because as they um, the courts looking at these maps, the things that they took into account were contiguity, which is making sure there are like 50 districts um, out of 132, or maybe in the assembly out of 99, there are 50 who have like little pieces the islands that are not, yeah, included not connected. that are, that are surrounded um, with another district and that's not supposed to happen. So that's the number one thing that they're looking at. Uh, along with proportional districts. You know, the districts have to have the same numbers. They They, want it. they mentioned keeping municipal areas together. So hopefully, Lacrosse will stay as one district. And then, um, of course, the Voting Rights Act um, stuff and communities of interest. So uh, we'll see what happens with the maps. Each of the, going forward, each of the plaintiffs in the case will be allowed to draw a map and submit it to the court. So those are the people who are opposed and in favor of the previous maps. The previous maps are out. They're done. <clears throat> but, but, what, but what would happen is new maps will be drawn. Yeah. And the Supreme Court, Wisconsin Supreme Court, has hired two experts who will look at those.
0: Yeah, the, the two experts. I talked about this real briefly at the end of the hour. I know the, the expert that, used, that was used in New York is Democrats are mad at Democrats are mad at that person because they it kind of ruined their gerrymander in New York. So if you hear Republicans complaining about this New York map drawer, well, he ruined it for Democrats. So like you could automatically go, okay, well maybe he is just drawing maps and not trying to be partisan. And then the other one I think is from Virginia. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Virginia's uh, like map processor if they're gerrymandered or anything like that. But It is kind of interesting, to to, but but is the whole process stupid? Like one party that wins an election once a decade gets to draw the maps for the next decade? I mean, the whole idea of how we do this seems a little ludicrous.
1: Well, I I think historically it hasn't been as extreme as as it is now. Mm -hmm. So certainly we're at a time now, um, and it started in 2010 when um, the Republicans – Um, ended up with a majority and the governor's office and the maps became quite gerrymandered uh, where we found that, you know, we ended up holding the governor's office, the attorney general's office. Um, We have one of the federal Senate seats. Um, The almost all the constitutional offices are Democrats. So those statewide races overwhelmingly are more, um, even races, right. right? But when it comes to the, the assembly, we only have 35 out of 99 seats. Something's wrong. I mean, you can just look at the simple math of that and say, this makes no sense. The, clearly, something's happening here. And in the Senate, they only have a Democrats have 11 of 22 seats. So gerrymandering absolutely exists in Wisconsin. And we're just, we're just hoping for fair maps. That's what we want fair maps. And so we'll see after the experts look at the maps, could go to the Supreme Court um, of the United States. But um, I think that I think that that you know be, dep- because of the criteria that they're really looking at, it, it feels like they're on pretty solid ground with with this lawsuit. So we'll know. It's I mean it's going to be really. Quick! We've got to get things done. I, I
0: you, I don't know if you listened to me yesterday, but my prediction is we're going to do all this, and then the sta- the U.S. Supreme Court's just going to snap their fingers and go, "No, we're just that we're we're not undoing all of that. We're just going back to this status quo, to what we're doing right yeah. now, because they already snapped their fingers two years ago." When we decided the state maps would take Governor Evers' maps, and then they set their fingers and go, "Nope, you change your vote," and then they change their vote. So yeah. the, the the conservative on the on the Supreme Court in Wisconsin changed his vote.
1: Well, yes, but the the United States Supreme Court was looking at different criteria. It wasn't right. based on continuity. It was based on the least changed map. That was legislation that the uh, that the Republicans pushed through. Uh, that said, that these uh, our next map should be uh, the least change. Yeah, the, from the our Supreme Court maps.
0: made that up too, right? Like we're going to yeah. make up this criteria yeah. to make yeah. it a least they change. They went along
1: with it. Yeah. yeah, they said, and which I can understand a bit because that makes sense. But we didn't
0: do that times- ten years ago or in two thousand ten. No. So
1: a lot of times the judiciary doesn't really want to mess with the map issue. They think it's a legislator, a legislature thing. And if they're being judicial, they say, you know, we're the third branch. We don't really want to meddle too much in what's going on. We want the legislature to draw their maps. Um, So, so we're going to, we'll, we'll draw a map. The the Senate was part of uh, the lawsuit. So, They'll draw a map with. We'll be in conversation with them um, about fair maps, and then um, that will be. We'll have to submit those pretty quickly within a few weeks, and then there are amicus parties. Those are people that do sort of f- friend of the court briefs that just provide additional information to the courts, and those people can submit maps after the January twelfth when the parties uh, submit theirs. So then, um, February eighth, they're going to look at final changes, and by March fifteenth, we have to have new maps if we're going to make uh, if we're, if if this uh, works. Right. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I um, right now we don't have the, the current maps we're under are not going to be able to be used. Right. Um. In in the in the spring. So maybe. I'm just I'm just ready <laughs> for anything. I'm uh, ready for anything. Jay
0: Heck called me Ebenezer Scrooge because you all have this like positive outlook on. And I'm just like this U.S. Supreme Court is not just like we're a down the middle, no nonpartisan functioning body here. That, like all the news around the U.S. Supreme Court right now uh, um, and taking bribes. And, and they've already meddled in these this map process. So why wouldn't they just meddle again to to, to steer it towards the way Republicans want.
1: You're you're right in that they have have meddled before. Uh, the difference is now, as they're looking at continuity, this is you know in our constitution. So, I, I mean, I think it's a, a bigger stretch for them to overturn this decision. Uh, but that doesn't mean that but, doesn't mean. But they if won't they come do up with some other rationale, if they
0: do to stretch it, then then what do you do? You can't go to the the Earth Supreme Court, or you know, there's no there's no other like. That's it. They get the they're like these weirdos that get to decide and nobody gets to challenge them.
1: Yeah. The other thing that um, I haven't mentioned yet, which, you know, is a possible uh, solution would be if Republicans would sit down with Democrats and actually say, um, let's, let's look at fair maps right. and, and get to something that the governor could actually, uh, sign. Well, if
0: I was a Republican, and that would be the best solution, if I was a Republican sitting right here, I go, well, we already tried that. We proposed this Iowa model that you want and you guys don't like it. So, and you know, so there's that, they would just point to that, right. And go, you didn't like the Iowa model that we proposed. But that would because it of, wasn't,
1: it wasn't a real right. Iowa model.
0: Yeah. Cause it, it cause, the power, cause it gave
1: them the more power. The, yeah. The power still stayed with the majority. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We're, we're certainly willing to sit down and, and have some conversations and see if we can come up with a solution. But if not, the courts will.
0: And you got evolve. into the state legislature right when the maps changed, right? Right. Just the, like, like that, oddly enough, you were voted in I as was, the maps changed. I
1: was voted in under the older maps mm-hmm. and where I had a little Island that wasn't, was part of, uh, I think it was Steve Doyle's district that was in. Um, in my district, uh, right now, all my district is contiguous. But okay. um, the original map that I ran on under w- was different, and uh, and then yeah, my district got a little more safe with the new map. Um, so, but you know, I I think I really try to work hard for everybody. I answer letters when people send them to my office. I've found out recently that not everybody does that. I was shocked to hear that that some people feel like they don't get responses from their legislators. But, um, and I you know I I think I work hard for my district. So hopefully that holds me in good stead in my new district.
0: 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I know two of you tried to call and I hit the hold button to put you on hold and it hung up on you. So I just won't put you on hold. I'll just leave you on the open line. So if you want to call back, 608-785-7914. Jill Billings hanging out, but we got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. That's the talk and text line. You can try calling again. I just won't use the whole button that doesn't seem to be working today, so uh Joe, if you're out there and you want to harass Jill Billings, who's sitting in here I'm sure that's what's going to happen, but um okay, Jill, just so you might have heard on the news uh, we talked about it before, just real quick in Sparta, a seventeen year old started a fire allegedly that that uh caused the building to be evacuated, I believe the Walmart in the Walmart The Walmart is closed for at least the next couple of days. We don't know why she started the fire. Apparently she worked there part-time and we don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess we don't know why she started the fire. So that right away, I just, but she's 17 and she's it, at this point, it sounds like she's going to be tried as an adult and Wisconsin. This is weird to me because I, I feel like as a 17 year old, I started a fire. I'm a part-time worker at Walmart. I probably don't want to work there. I'm mad at something I'm and I'm immature and I, did something awful, like it started a fire. (laughs) Like that's like kind of insane, but also like it shouldn't, it shouldn't end the next X amount of years. I don't know what, what, what kind of punishment that, that would be for anyone as an adult. Like if it's two years in jail or if it's jail at all, or, but, but we're trying a 17-year-old as an adult here at this point, and maybe we can undo that. But what, what are your feelings there on, on trying 17-year-olds as adults, and maybe even in this situation where a kid starts a fire uh, at a store that they work part-time at?
1: Yeah. Um, well, Wisconsin is one of three states where 17-year-olds are automatically tried as adults. Oh, okay. Um, I, from my days on the county board, um, I have felt that we should not do that now, I understand that if this uh, if this 17-year-old did, is guilty of what she's accused of doing, that's a terrible thing. And that's a huge price tag uh, for yeah, Walmart. Yeah, I, I
0: didn't even mention it. So we, we, the, the authorities didn't tell us why she started the fire or how she started yeah. the fire, like what well, the motive. But we did get a figure that day. It started at 10 in the morning. We got to figure that night that it was like over seven and a half million dollars with damage, which was kind of funny. It's like, well, can you tell us how or why they started the fire? No, but we could tell you how much damage they did as an estimate. And I'm like, well, okay, that's pretty quick to come to an estimate if you can't even tell us why. But anyway, that's beside the point. It's just me being kind of like upset about and, and questioning that whole like. Uh, questioning the estimate there. But anyway, yeah, so we so automatically try 17 year olds as adults. That seems yeah. kind of stupid to me.
1: Yeah. Well, you're right. And, and we can, I think we can agree that if she did what she's accused of doing, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, but if you look at this logically, um, a judge can waive uh, that person into adult court. Anyway, say there, say we change the law. 17 year olds are not automatically tried as adults. Uh, we can change it so that a judge at their discretion can waive a child into adult court. If they feel like it's warranted Can
0: this judge, wave the child into child court, so to speak, or juvenile court yes. at this point. So at this
1: point, a judge can okay. uh, reverse wave a child okay. into, uh, into a juvenile court. Um, but the, I think the really important thing to keep in mind is that study after study after study has been done on this. And what we know is that, uh, 17-year-olds do much better if they're put through the juvenile system rather than waived into adult court. Often what happens when you waive a child into adult court is if they go to an adult facility, it's a terrible, terrible situation. And, um, you know, sometimes they just become better criminals by the time they get out. There's not as much rehabilitation there. And I think a 17-year-old deserves an opportunity you know depending on judge's discretion right a 17 year old deserves the opportunity to go through the juvenile system and rehabilitate and learn a lesson and come out a better person
0: have you been part of the legislature when that decision was made to automatically try i don't know how long like how long ago that was the decision
1: no but, but the I have,
0: legislature is the thing that would determine whether or not to do this right like you could undo this law or <coughs> or change the law to to make it the other way
1: we could change the law and in fact i've um, co-authored several bills um, over the years with uh, mostly Democrats, but um, as we're educating people, I think more people are coming to the understanding that you know uh, some of these ki- these kids just do better in yeah. the other system. And so, if that's what you're if you wanted to achieve, you do it better. You know, to rehabilitate some, to change their behavior, that's best done in a juvenile system.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you could really figure it out. Get to know the kid. Get get witnesses. Get parents. Get friends, and and try to figure out whether this kid, you know, d- deserves what they deserve in in terms of trying them as adult. You want to throw those on? Uh, we're gonna to go to the phones here. Uh, Joe is on now. Joe, I'm sorry for hanging up on you before. Don't know what's up with the phones, but you got Jill. You got a question for Jill?
1: Well, I have a comment. So DEI, in my opinion. Is nothing but a brainwashing um, victim victimization um, type agenda. And what I'd like to say is, why do Republican blacks or Republican gays um, not live their life as a victim, and they support they don't support DEI? And I think that. That, that you're wrong on the supporting of DEI. And that's why I think the Democratic Party is going to end up hurting themselves, which I hope they do, because um, I, I used to vote Democrat. Um, I never will again. All right. Thanks, Joe. Okay. Well, certainly you are in agreement with Robin Voss. Um, for me, a diversity, equity, and inclusion means uh, that we appreciate differences, um, that everybody is treated equal and everybody's included at the table. I think those are pretty common sense things. Um, this just doesn't include people of color and gay people. It also includes veterans. Um, it includes women. It includes people who are disabled. And I, I'm not threatened by that. I, I think it's um, good to welcome everybody in.
0: The blanket statement that all black Republicans are all gay Republicans oppose DEI as if all white Democrats are for DEI is kind of funny too. Like not everyone is in agreement over everything. So it's not just a it's not a right or a left thing at this point. Yeah. But.
1: And we have no black Republicans in the assembly. So I, um, as far as the assembly, our body goes in the legislature. Uh, yeah. I haven't had a chance to talk to any black Republicans uh, because there aren't any in the state assembly. All
0: right. 608 785 7914. One more, one more call. Caller, who is this? Hello? Yeah, Roger here. Hey, Roger, you got a question for Jill? Yeah, I got a question for both of you. Where do you get off talking about this 17 year old thing that burnt a Walmart and just what make her stand in the corner for five minutes, get a timeout? Is that what they do at juvenile court? Man, serious crime. 17 years old. If you don't know what's wrong to burn down a building, there's something wrong. All right, thanks, Roger. Okay.
1: Um, I, I'm in agreement with you, Roger, that this is a serious thing and I, I mentioned that when I was um, when I was talking about this, maybe you missed that. This is a it's a serious crime. Um, but I don't think that juvenile court is just standing someone in the corner um, first of all. And um, if a judge feels like it, it's a, it rises to the point where they should be waived into adult court, uh, they certainly could do that. We could, I, would, I would be supportive of a law that said it's up to the discretion of the judge that they could waive someone um, into adult court if they needed to. I just don't think all 17-year-olds should automatically be uh, up in adult court. And out of 50 states, uh, 47 of them um, have already decided that too. We're in the minority with our law about 17-year-olds.
0: Yeah, we, we can all agree that starting a fire inside of Walmart is, is a stupid, be dangerous, C yeah. shouldn't be done. Yeah. Uh, but when it's a 50-year-old dude that does it versus a 70-year-old part-time worker you know, I think uh, I think the rules might be might be might be able to be different uh, depending on, you know, and I don't know what the punishment is for for something like that. If it's 10 years in prison as a 17 year old, you did something like that's like, OK, I, I'm sure there's some immaturity. like go back to when you were 17 and, and think about the 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 stupid things you did and then the consequences that you didn't think of, you know, even starting a fire like like did the, did the person think like, oh, it's going to get out of hand and going to cause this much damage or potentially no one, I don't believe anyone was hurt, but potentially cause, you know, injury. I don't know. I I don't think all that stuff runs through a a 17 year old's mind when they're doing something stupid like that.
1: I think, you know, I, I also don't know all the information. This has happened recently. We don't, we don't know literally
0: yesterday. So I threw this at you, you know, with, with minimal facts, but we do, Apparently, we know the damages is it's caused, and that the the law in Wisconsin is we try seventeen year olds as adults, which seems weird. Like you have to be eighteen for a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. except that the except when you do something stupid and illegal, then you're then you're an eighteen year old as a seventeen year
1: old. Yeah, so I mean, I think we can all agree that uh, uh, an action like that is terrible. Um, But I think at this point we don't have all the information. And we don't even know if this uh, girl is guilty of of what she's accused of. We don't know her mental health state. We don't know. There's a lot that we don't know. Um, But I think policy-wise, we know that uh, 17-year-olds, you know, this case aside, we know that 17-year-olds do better with rehabilitation in the juvenile court system Um, And not by waiving them automatically or not by having them automatically uh, be treated as adults.
0: Is there a world here where whatever we're doing in the juvenile court system, maybe we should do that in the adult court or not the juvenile system. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should do some of that stuff in the uh, adult county or prisons. system. And
1: and actually, that's part of the problem. That's part of the challenge of getting this legislation through is when you're switching from one system to the other. Um, you know, who, who pays for it? Wh- how does that state money flow? Um, and so this, it's a complicated issue. Um, but I think that we, we should be able to tackle it.
0: 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back after this.
1: Check it out.
0: Your- All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. State rep Jill Billings is in studio here with me, hanging out this hour Kind of going back and forth amongst DEI and the new maps and arson, but I did throw this. Well, I, I sent you an email and said, hey, what about like a year in review? You guys only work for like four months in session next year, starting what, mid-January? Yeah. You get back in session?
1: Yep, and then we'll be out collecting signatures and getting our names on the ballot and campaigning.
0: So, when you look back, obviously, municipalities funding thing, shared yeah. revenue was shared a big thing. Is, is there any other like real highlight? We've been sitting on what's yeah. been between three and seven billion dollars in budget surplus for I think it's two years now. I think this is like the anniversary of the news that we're going to have a budget surplus. So, mm-hmm. and I understand we use some of that in the state budget, but then it's bloated again to back to seven billion from what I understand. So, I would assume that in the next session, would we figure out a way to use some of that money or are we just going to sit on it forever? Is it good to sit on it? I don't like, there's a world here where I'm like, well, it's not the worst thing to have money in the, but we have that. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I think we, and I said this last time too, I think we need to provide relief for middle-class families. I mean, when I talk to uh, folks, a lot of people are still feeling the sting of, um, you know, higher groceries, higher heating, um, you know, at uh, Quick Trip it seems like the price has gone down a bit, which is good. Um, but uh, families need relief and they want to make sure that they've got child care for their kids. They want to sh- make sure that their parents are um, okay as they age and um, I'm experiencing, you know, some of this myself and so I understand it well and I hear about it from my constituents. So yeah. the,
0: the talking let's give point some break
1: to those families that are trying to make their budgets work after the holidays, that, they're sitting down looking at their bills.
0: Is that an income tax break that Republicans are proposing? In a, I mean, in a different way, or is that just what Minnesota did? And I just got like a check for two hundred fifty bucks <laughs> from the state of Minnesota because the states. And Minnesota did a lot more with its budget, like just free school lunches and uh, on and on medical marijuana, which actually medical or or no recreational marijuana legalization might just bring in more money to that coffer. But Mm -hmm. um, do you think like, would it just be that simple, a two hundred fifty dollar check or something like that?
1: Um, I Uh, think I think we need to give some tax relief. And my colleagues on the other side of the aisle seem more interested in doing that for people who are wealthy Uh, We think it should go more to middle class families that really are struggling to um, to deal with the today's economy, which is actually doing better. But a lot of them don't feel it. Yeah. They don't don't see it as they're as they're looking at their bills. The talking point for
0: them, the talking point that inflation is going down doesn't quite work when the bag of chips isn't going to go down or the shrinkflation where there's more air in the bag and less chips or the bag is smaller. So the optics of inflation is just never going to be a winning proposal because, the, you know, companies aren't going to lower their prices all that much, if any. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're we're just kind of stuck with that so the we're, we're living in a world where inflation always happens, but it just jumped. So we're all going to be pissed about that until, you know, five years down the road. Maybe we we kind of get used to the idea that everything is more expensive because then it won't go jumping like that. But um but the Republican proposal for income tax breaks is in, in my top of my head. I think for a single person, it was like between $27,000 and dollars and or three hundred. Like those people are lumped into the same tax bracket and they wanted to change tax brackets. So it wouldn't all be be all that hard to change the tax bracket where it's uh, I make twenty seven thousand dollars and I'm lumped in with someone that makes forty nine thousand dollars a year and we're taxed in income tax rate is this. Mm-hmm. And then you take the $50,000 people and lump them in with like 70, making more working class tax brackets and then just end it at what, 100,000 and make the 100,000 and the $300,000 people the same. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem very complicated. If we're already talking about changing the tax brackets, then why not change them at the lower end of the spectrum?
1: That's one thing I'd like to do in 2024. Let's have the conversation and um, see if we can come up for, with a solution together and then have the governor sign it. So that's, that's one thing um, that I think, I, I, you know, I know that as I've knocked doors last year or last time, um, I was thinking about this uh, last week. It, it felt like there were more people who said, government doesn't really work for me. People don't really listen. Politicians don't listen to me. Um, and, you know, I'm not even going to vote. So I would say, well, I'm, I'm here I'm, I'm trying to listen and, and these are the things that I've done. And so well you're not even I trying to listen into vo- into voting.
0: is you are listening and you're trying to get things done, but like, yeah. and we'll see maybe yeah. if new maps ever get redrawn, maybe like we've already seen Robin Voss, your, your boss, essentially, is he, is it weird talking crap about Robin Voss when, not that you talk like, like that he's. A bad person but you don't agree with the things he does yeah. so. he's
1: not my boss the people of the 95th assembly district are my boss right. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: it is it is always kind of funny because he's the you know the leader of the assembly which you're a part of yeah. but but he we saw him kind of backpedal the day before the wisconsin supreme court said we're changing the maps and he's like hey we're gonna talk about medical marijuana hey i'm not going to impeach the the lady you just put on the supreme court and, uh, hey, maybe we'll put the abortion question on the ballot. And it's like, gee, I wonder if your district's going to get a little bit more democratic where you're going to have to come to the middle on some of this stuff. Uh, it was just kind of a funny like backpedal by him. And, and maybe we'll see that next next two years from now. Yeah,
1: I think that I think this possibility of new maps is already having a positive effect where um, people are having to listen to the majority of people in Wisconsin and try to come together and work on some stuff. Um, you know, I have some legislation I'm working on with Republicans I'm hoping to get through in 2024. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I, I, I'm ho- I hope that we can do some stuff together. You know, that's what people want us to do. I've heard that from the day I, the, from the, my very first campaign. Um, and so, so we'll see working it's- forward. I always do it. And a lot of us kind of work together behind the scenes. It doesn't make the splashy headlines. You know, when I have bills signed here by the governor, my Republican co-authors often are here, right, standing next to me while the governor signs the bill.
0: It is kind of funny that maybe maybe we will see some of this stuff get done as the new maps, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the threat of new maps, <laughs> the threat. It's just kind of funny. Uh, come to light and, and then be like, hey, if we come to the middle, but you only have three months to work on this stuff. So, like, there's that, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of it's in the works. Uh, it'd be nice if um, it, a lot of this legislation's already been introduced. It would be nice if we could get hearings on our bills.
0: Would would that stuff, will we see some of this legislation get passed or would it just be more pandering to the next vote? Like, eh, like I will pass medical marijuana if you vote for me like this ransom again. Uh, or, or would we see this get, hey, I got medical marijuana passed. And the next step, if you vote for me, you know what I mean? It's just always this ransom to vote for me and then, and then I'll do the thing. But like, Hey, the medical marijuana, we've been talking about this for a decade.
1: Yeah. And I think we get back to fair maps and gerrymandering again, where, um, you know, Robin Voss has said he has the votes in the assembly, but the Senate does not have the votes to pass medical marijuana. Yeah. And so as, as districts have been gerrymandered, people get, you know, more extreme. And so it's hard to bring people to the table when they're in these gerrymandered districts, so um, I I don't know if uh, medical marijuana is going to pass the Senate, but it's certainly something that we should be able to work together on. The majority of overwhelmingly, the majority of um, Wisconsinites yeah. want that. Yeah, we're possibility.
0: just we're in a stupid place geographically where everyone around us literally has right. uh, recreational marijuana. All right, that's State Rep. Joe Billings. We gotta go. Thanks, Joe.
1: Thank you.